0: But, and big but, <laughs> hello and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where two white guys rant about stuff. Yeah, pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. So, it better be your favorite podcast where white guys rant about stuff.
1: But that's what this is, so, I don't know. I wasn't aware that there was another one. <laughs> this, this isn't a totally unique idea we had. I thought this was the one.
0: Unlike other men, Matt, you and I, we have a lot of thoughts about stuff.
1: Yeah, we have opinions, and we're not afraid about sharing them. Yeah,
0: yeah, all these other men, they're afraid. They're afraid of ramifications to their career and their social status by saying their opinions, and so they clam up and just
1: quietly go along with it, but not us. No, this is important. You need you need our opinions because there's not enough of our opinions out in the world already. Mm-hmm. That's why the show's opt-in, so... If, you,
0: if you're at this point, you really opted Wait, in. Wait, hold I on. Guess.
1: Are you? Is, have we missed an opportunity? Can we make it not opt in? Can we just force everyone to listen to it, like that YouTube album? Yeah, I think I mean, it's called they, Radio they, about that YouTube album. I said a YouTube album, which would also be a thing, but you know, the YouTube album. Oh, I like forgot Apple. about
0: that YouTube album that Apple made everybody have.
1: Yeah, remember, remember how nobody likes YouTube, but then they made us have it anyway, and then you had a to, lot of people you to, do really like YouTube. That's the puzzle. You had to card. Google, hey Google, how do I get this stupid album off my phone? Yeah. Um, I I understand that people like U2, I just don't, it doesn't come across in my life, you know? I think they're just different, they're different people than I am.
0: Mm, see, I have an aunt that is like a U2 mega fan, like a mega fan, so I have some exposure to it, and my feeling is that they're one of these rare bands where they're they're a pop band, right? Like, they are broad like appeal. Like a pop,
1: not like, it sounds wrong, like a pop rock band, but not the way that sounds. You know, like no, they're I think a it's rock exactly band that makes like popular rock songs, but they're. But I feel like pop rock is a thing, right?
0: I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Do they not fit in that category? I mean, there's there's like nothing really offensive about the music, other than right. their incorrect Spanish, except for uh, that time that Bono that was song. at a concert
1: and clapping endlessly, and said every time I clap, a child dies, and some of the audience yelled, "Then stop clapping." Remember that old story? Yeah, That's classic. A good story. Classic. Uh, can I tell you want to? Can I tell you a thing, Andy? I got really excited about when you brought up. When I brought up you two, <laughs> when yes, you started yes. talking more about you two. So I was at a wedding this weekend. So I was with uh, a family uh, family member who was getting married. So I was with my whole family. Was the family and member the edge? I, hey, look, we're going to get somewhere. Don't worry. All right. So I was there with my whole family. And uh, and my parents. Tell them I said hi. I will tell him you said hi. My parents uh, were talking to my brother and I. And we we're like. They they clearly were excited to tell us a thing, so we were excited to hear it, and they're like, "We got tickets too." And we're like, "Oh boy, this is going to be fun. Someone someone cool is coming to Northampton." You're like, "Is it going to be
0: Hamilton? Is it going to be other other Hamilton?"
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I was expecting like maybe Bob Dylan is coming to town, maybe the Ghost of James Brown, I don't know, somebody cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh they said we got tickets to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I I know they wanted my brother and I to be like, "Oh, cool!" and we were both like, "Wow, Californication!" Uh, wow. Awesome. Do you wait? Do you guys like them? And they're like, "Yeah." They're like, "Really? You, you, you like them?" And they're like, "I mean, they're fine." <laughs> and then, and then, uh, do the Red Hot Chili Peppers still
0: come out for their encore with nothing but socks on their dongers? Is that still something they do, or are they too old now?
1: That was that was something we brought up uh a lot that maybe maybe Flea oh, good. was gonna I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I could foresee that. That <laughs> maybe Flea was gonna show up with just a sock on his dong and nothing else, and that was the treat that they were in for. Uh anyway, this turned into we teased them all weekend about uh being huge fans of the chili peppers, we called them pepperheads all weekend. And, oh, your uh, poor
0: parents, they thought they were they cool. Were so... I know. They thought they but were then...
1: cool and they got roasted. <laughs> they got totally roasted. <laughs> Uh, like peppers, they got roasted like peppers. That's what oh, happens. Man. Well, this is a perfect
0: so, segue, Matt, because today I was on hold with a certain company about a certain phone of mine that has been broken for a month or so.
1: Oh boy, and did you hear some Red Hot Chili Peppers hold music? Well, so that I said the, the thing.
0: So I <laughs> called the customer support, and the and the robot was like, "We provide a selection of." different kinds of hold music to choose for your liking. Press mm-hmm. one if you want to listen to popular music. Press two if you want to listen to classical music. Press three if you want to listen to jazz music. If you prefer to wait in silence, press four. And I thought about it a little bit, and I was like, all right. And I pressed three. And yeah. then <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers comes on. Is that true? Like, yes. That is so true. Uh, That's and jazz it was, music? Uh, I, think it, I believe it was. First of all, it's not jazz music, but that was what happened when I pressed three. I Don't it worry. Was I was confusing it with jazz music. I, I believe wasn't... it was Californication, and that is like one of the worst songs I think in terms of how it translates to tinny telephone hold music. Uh, it was very grating. Like they should just put like some smooth stuff in there because once you crank up the treble and get rid of the mids completely, as it does, as all hold music does, that's not a listenable song.
1: That's true. Ch- the Chili Peppers without annoying vocals and exaggerated bass. What what is it? Yeah, there was is no it bass. Anything? Flea was not present on the Hold Music version bong, of Californication. Bong, 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 bong. Well, I don't know what you do about that. I guess you uh, you have to pick something because you can't wait in silence. That would be, you'd just be like, wait, did they hang up? Oh, no, they didn't hang up. I looked well, at my that's phone. the thing. Like, hey, wait, hold music did they hang up? Oh, wait, no. Hold Music
0: is functional, right? Like, it, it is right. not aesthetic. It is not because anyone actually thought it makes your wait more enjoyable. It is because you know you haven't lost the line. It's a very functional thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they even offer the quiet option. Maybe it actually, like plays a high pitched beep every five seconds and says like you are still connected, maybe. But Matt, this episode is not about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thank God. They're unobj- they're 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 great. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> hey, have you ever wanted to hear a song about California? Well, here's some more. <laughs> oh man, where are they where from they are? again? Do you know where they're from? <laughs> I think New Jersey, actually. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Somewhere under a bridge New Jersey.
0: Oh, maybe it actually was under a bridge. That was the one that was playing. I don't know. All the songs sound the same to me. I did go through a phase where I played a lot of those songs on my guitar. I could play a lot of them as the thing. On your bass guitar? No, my regular guitar.
1: What what are you even playing? You play the guitar part. That I don't know. They might not even have a guitar player. There's a flea and there's a guy in the front. That's all I know. And Will Ferrari. One human and one large flea. (laughs) Yeah. Matt, the show's not about red hot chili peppers.
0: The show tonight is about technology.
1: Just generally technology, which is
0: why I asked you to get on early, Matt, because this is a deep, a deep topic. We could be here for a little bit,
1: for a all minute.
0: All right, all right. Here's I'm excited the... to
1: talk about technology, such as forks, yes. tables, yes, wheels.
0: Here, here's my opening about technology, which I see you're already, you're already going towards. I am usually the kind of person that is defending progress, right? Like I think that Luddites that talk about, oh, you know, kids just staring at their phones all day, it's the de- degradation of a whole generation, or, you know, video games, or the ruin of society, or, you know, whatever, I think people that talk about how technology is somehow like negatively affecting us are overwhelmingly wrong, because they're overlooking all of the positive effects of even, even not just that specific technology, though they are overlooking those, but they're also overlooking the overarching effects of a society that values technology a society that values like progress in like a mechanical or innovative sense so i'm usually the person that's defending technology right i'm not this is not going to be an old fogey episode where we're just like back mm-hmm. when i was a kid you blew on the cartridge and the video game started working again now you gotta attach to the cloud and download your fortnights and your
1: boom booms
0: that's not where'd what I'm did andy I'm go
1: andy are you here where'd andy uh, go yeah th-
0: th- I'm, I'm gone just disappeared to another person That's not what this episode is going to be about, Matt, but I do want to talk about the cost of technology because it is real. There are trade-offs that we make by making our lives more dedicated and sort of surrounded and functioning through technology, Uh, and I think they're real trade-offs. And I feel like you are going to fall more in the sort of technology is great, why would you not like technology camp? So do you want to like kind of weigh in on you opening statements about technology, Matt?
1: man that's a that's so broad Andy
0: that's why we're uh, that's why I got you on the call early.
1: I think that i i mean i th- I feel like I try to have a pretty balanced view about it, like I don't think Oh, interesting uh,
0: and i you try to have the correct opinion,
1: yeah, I try to have the right opinion on this one. I don't think I'm gonna blindly tell you that all technology is great and we should always be on our phones all the time, but I also think that it's pretty foolish to whine about cell phones, you know mm-hmm, I don't think mm-hmm. uh. I don't think that really does anything. I don't think you're going to change anything. I think we're kind of like steadily moving towards a something. I don't know if it's uh progress in a good or bad direction, but like it's kind of, I feel like it's just kind of useless whining about such things. Uh, so embrace it, but like try not to kill yourself with it. Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, anything that could destroy you. It's it. There's probably some benefit to having it like, uh, I don't know a drug or something, but also, you know, don't take all of them or you'll die. Isn't that pretty much everything?
0: I suppose. So so what do you think you think the cost of technology is just that you have to use it in moderation? That's the only like downside is that you could end up too deep and then you're like half cyborg, you're wired into the matrix, and you, you, you lose a sense you lose <laughs> your sense of self. Is is that your kind of summary of the danger of technology, the cost?
1: I guess to a degree. Like it would be I think my general take is like like Twitter, for example. I think there are great benefits to Twitter. Like you can find out information quickly, you can spread information to a large group of people. But if that's all you were to ever do, you'd probably need Xanax because your brain's going to explode because there's just too much information. Um, yeah,
0: So I want to be careful. I, think... I don't want this to be just about. I know the examples I gave were kind of narrow. They were about video games and social media and staring
1: at your. Should phone. I have done forks again? Should I just talk about forks? Well, we can, forks we can... are great for picking up food, but if you never put down your fork, we can go to the forks in the indoor plumbing. We can go to everyone you love.
0: <laughs> We can go to forks and we can go to indoor plumbing. I think those are relevant because people don't think of those as technology, but they're on the exact same spectrum. So I think that's a relevant comparison. But, uh, but yeah, like, my, here's, here's my like current, as I sit here today, feeling of sort of the cost of technology. I think every time we give over a part of our either life or work or, you know, any part of our sort of existence to a technology of some sort, What you trade is you trade in some sort of like setup cost, which could be very practical in terms of like it costs money or it costs Mm -hmm. time to set it up. Uh, Or it could be like less practical. It could be like an emotional setup cost. Like you have to like commit to this thing and change the way your life works in order to like adopt this thing and bring it into the fold. Uh, With the promise, hopefully, that that setup cost is like repaid over time in like ongoing sort of efficiency, right? right? So like example. Uh, I have smart thermostats in my house, which I know we've talked about on some of our podcasts. I can't remember which ones. Apologies to these listeners if you heard me talk about smart thermostats. This is an example of something I think a lot of people come down on the like too far technology side, right? Like the setup cost of these thermostats is they're expensive. You have to like attach your thermostats to your Wi-Fi, and you have to rewire them and hook them, hook them in, and it's more work than installing a normal thermostat, especially if you already have a working normal thermostat. Uh, and then the promise of that is that. They will somehow use their AI features to save you money on your utilities bill, and you get the benefit of being able to control your thermostats remotely. And that's an example of a technology thing that, to date, I'm very happy with. And it's been three and a half years that I've had these smart thermostats. And the reason I'm very happy with them is because I didn't mind the setup cost. It was relatively easy. I like the benefits it provides. And importantly, to date, they have never horrifically failed. And like the computer hasn't gone haywire and heated my house to 900 degrees or turned off. You know, when we were away in the winter and all the pipes froze, like it has not failed me yet, yeah. Uh, which is an important sort of measure. So, I think that that's the important thing to recognize. Most people, I feel like that I listen to talk about technology, are either fall in the category of the like old fogey that is complaining about the setup cost of these things, right? Like, oh, I can't believe people spend a hundred dollars on a thermostat and they have to hook it up to their Wi-Fi. How ridiculous! Uh, Or there are people that fall in the opposite category, which are people that are just like, whatever the setup cost is, doesn't matter. It's the future. Technology is great. We should adopt all technology. Uh, And I think there's a very important, like, slice down the middle, a very important, like, nuanced view that balances both of these things and helps you weigh the pros and cons of the setup cost versus the ongoing efficiency of a given technology in your life. Yeah. So, like, forks... Great setup cost is relatively low because we have industrial manufacturing and forks are very easy to find and acquire and they're not very expensive. Uh, you do have the cost of having to clean them, but the bonuses are you don't have to eat with your hands, which seems pretty good.
1: Yeah, you can you can stab anything. Well, tell me if this falls in this category. But I even think of just like a book setup cost learning how to read. Would that be uh, Would that fall in that category? yeah i think that's a i think that's
0: an appropriate kind of extension of this system i've laid out but because yeah, i keep, feel like keep fleshing this out
1: because i was gonna say i feel like we uh we only really talk about the setup costs when something is new because otherwise it's just like part of the culture and we don't even notice it like in the learning to read example like that's a pretty huge one it's a big um, cost
0: too. I mean, kids spend a huge part of their childhood figuring out how to read. It's like one of the main focuses for first, but no one ever graders.
1: thinks or talks about that ever. It just becomes like a part of society. Like I'm sure that will. Well, be... people
0: that like care about literacy and like that's the main issue for them probably talk about it a lot.
1: That's true, but I I would say uh, as two two white guys talking who went to school and learned how to read, like we don't. Oh, know. you can read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn dog. That's cool as heck. Actually, that's why. Is that why we do a podcast? And (laughs) he can't read. Basically. Uh so I feel like it's just, you know, I feel like we only ever talk about those things when something is brand new, like figuring out how to install your phone or your Wi-Fi or whatever. Like in, in 10 years, the things that prove out will just, we won't even notice that. We'll be like, what? No, I don't know. It's just part, you, you learn that in middle school or whatever. Yeah,
0: for sure. Once it uh, becomes like sufficiently assimilated. It just becomes natural. It's part of the culture.
1: Yeah. And you or, just and even, even driving, like it's just part of the culture that you go to driving school, you get your license and whatever, you know? Hey, Which talk, cars, talk
0: about a like technology that I have lots of conflicting feelings about like the setup cost for that is insane the amount of money people spend the like percentage of people's individual wealth that is spent on buying maintaining fueling cars for their life is insane and yeah sort of actually
1: i've thought about that quite a bit just because i still don't like i've thought about getting a car recently i still don't have one because i'm like there's so many things that go into it that i just don't have to deal with like i can remember having a car when i did have a car and just like worrying all the time about all the things that can go wrong. are you gonna
0: get a parking ticket are you gonna get a flat tire did you change yeah. your oil when you were supposed to change your oil like yeah sure the, the cost of a car is like really intense and that's one of the ones that i actually think most people don't don't factor into the equation right uh, yeah. i was talking to some friends recently that were saying like oh well we'd love to live in the city but it's you know this much more expensive to live in a t- in a place where you can walk and it's like yeah but think about how much money you will save on not driving literally everywhere like it's it's a huge a huge factor in the budget that people just kind of like is is given it's so much indoctrinated in people that it's part of the culture that they don't question it as thoroughly as they probably should mm-hmm. at least is my feeling about that
1: yeah no i'm kind of with you so anyway like it's it there are a lot of uh there are a lot of technologies that we just like blindly accept but like pretty huge setup cost we just don't really think about it because it's just part of the whole deal And to be clear
0: like before we get emails or whatever i of course recognize that the payoff of having a car is also huge uh so my, my problems with them are mostly on like a societal urban planning you know the way funds are allocated in states and at the federal level way and not in the like you know everyone should ride a bike peace man kind of way like i I, i'm a big advocate for bikes but i also don't think that it's reasonable to expect that people are going to do it because the world is not set up for it at least in america
1: yeah and i was i get it you're saying you've seen too fast too furious you understand the benefits of a car you can race all your friends you can drift yeah that was not too fast too furious that was tokyo drift I think there's a little bit of drifting in all the Fast and Furious movies, man. Look, I'm not I'm not some sort of Fast and Furious expert.
0: Tokyo Drift didn't invent drifting; it wasn't like it didn't exist until Han rolled up.
1: But it did popularize drifting in American culture. Maybe, probably. Let's be
0: real. So anyway, I think that's like that's like the baby version that I've been like thinking about for for like most of my adult life is like trying to make that do that calculus, weigh the cost of you know what is the setup cost for this going to be like versus what is the ongoing benefit sure and recently i've been thinking more that there are some more insidious and kind of hidden costs of adopting technologies that uh have a more profound effect and this might get a little bit in the weeds but i think it's the best example i can give so if people can follow along this might help okay Uh, we i work at a company that builds software that's what i do for a living so i'm primarily a designer but i do a fair amount of software development mostly on websites and the general trend of web technologies the technologies used to build and manage websites over the years has trended heavily towards this ideology of abstracting reusable pieces of code so taking something that uh you know formats a date is like the really dumb example uh but you can ramp that up all the way to a much more complicated sophisticated behavior something that doesn't have a specific application, but uh, has broad applications and sort of abstracting that into little pieces and components and making those things available it's open source so that they can be used in projects and software development becomes more kind of like interchanging you know parts and pieces and writing your own code when you have something you have to write that's unique but it's a lot of like work that's already done for you, uh which to me is actually a very beautiful idea like I love the idea that we are like collectively as a industry building this, like, shared language that will allow us to, like, do things more quickly and kind of, like, work off each other's work and kind of, like, stand on the shoulders of the developers that came before us. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. The other trend that has sort of been pushing, like, contemporary web development is this, like, focus on tooling, right? Like, basically spending a lot of time to make the the environment in which you develop, you write your code, the environment in which you work uh very sophisticated and powerful such that you can only you do like the simplest possible version of a thing right you you write the logic in the simplest possible way and then it is compressed and interpolated and translated and you know un- compiled into a different version of that uh logic that is much more complicated but that can be understood by a browser that you didn't have to write right so mm-hmm. simple examples of this are you write you know, SCSS or SAS, which is a version of CSS that allows you to do more complicated stuff that is actually contained in the programming language CSS uh, and allows you to generate CSS with the sort of programming language that you're using to, like, make that happen. So we're getting basically further and further from the actual end result of the, the actual, like, code that is going to end up in front of a, a user, right? Because we're working in all these layers and layers of tooling, each with the purpose of, like, making your life as a developer easier and better because you have to work less hard because all these sort of layers are built up to basically be, be designed around you as, as sort Mm -hmm. of the the programmer as the human being. Sure. Uh, Which in some ways is also very, very interesting. Like I I think that philosophically it's interesting conversation to have to talk about how these tools are built to kind of like suit us. But, and big, but (laughs) the result of this kind of ideology is that once you have everything set up, once you've figured out what tooling you're going to use and you get your environment set up correct on your local machine and it's matched with the environment on the production server so when you write your code, you know it's going to work in both places, once you get all of these sort of ducks in a row, the actual work of writing a computer program, making a website is far better and far easier than it ever has been, right? Like you just can do things with incredible efficiency very small actions on your part as a human being result in big sweeping changes to the finished product, and you take have the benefit of all of these layers to kind of like help you do your job faster and more efficiently uh, but here we come back to the same like question of a setup cost thing because uh, at least in our work, a sort of constant thing that has come up for us is that this setup has just gotten so onerous <laughs> on so many projects where getting your environment to just the right place where the code compiles and runs and builds the way it's supposed to is is like a huge amount of work. And the result of this, right, is that I still can do something faster now than I could two years ago. Or I could if I used tooling from two years ago because even though the setup time is longer, by the time I do get everything set up, I can work very quickly because everything is kind of tuned and again, built basically to make me as efficient as possible as a worker. Uh, so if you do the math, as I described earlier, it is worth the setup cost, right? Like the time saved is dramatic. Yes. But the effect of this is that my job is now largely just trying to get the stupid environment working and not actually <clears throat> doing the thing that I enjoy and am good at and have like some skill and feels creative and and productive. Uh, and that's like these other kind of layer of, I think what technology provides us that I think is worth scrutinizing, which is that how much, what does the work of setting it up look like? What is the setup cost in terms of its impact on what you as a human being do every single day versus what it actually results in? Like what is the efficient outcome, right? Like, so forget doing the math and figuring out how much time you save doing this, how much time you save doing that, but think about the actual implication on your sort of lived life and uh, maybe a more practical example of this is we can come back to we haven't done an episode about dishwashers yet have we or have we done one
1: i'm pretty sure we have but if we haven't it's come up in our lives before we probably have done one but
0: my, my dishwasher argument which you can look back at the episode to listen to me talk about dishwashers my dishwasher argument really comes down to a similar thing right like the dishwasher is this like more efficient thing if you take your time and put all your dishes in the dishwasher and line them up all nice so nothing is stacked inside of something else and blocking it from getting washed, and you load it up correctly, and you run it. Your dishes get clean, and they get clean faster than if you did it by hand. Mm-hmm. But the like big picture, zoomed-out impact on your life is that now you have a big part of your kitchen that is dead space. You can't store anything there because it needs to be always available for whether there are dirty or clean dishes going on. You have this unknown variable as you move around the world of is the, are the dishes clean or dirty when i get when i get home i don't know if the dishwasher is going to have been run or not so i don't know if i'm going to have clean dishes available or if i'm going to have to you know really quickly clean something if i need something to use mm-hmm. uh, and you have this like new way of interacting with your dirty dishes where you put them in a place and then at some time later on you take them out of that place and they get clean and your job becomes like ferrying everything around between these like different <laughs> points and for me personally that is like a I, the the net like math of that whole equation is just worse i would much rather know my dishes are always clean because i clean them after every meal and i'd much rather like just do it directly instead of doing it indirectly and i much rather have that space in my kitchen to store things instead of having it dedicated to this little machine has a very singular job and i think that thinking about technology in a more holistic sense about like the impact it has on your life very broadly the imp- the the sort of setup costs the ongoing efficiency all those things is a much more like healthy way to like measure what a technology is doing for you or or doing against you which is i think has become more important right because more things become technologified this is going to be a question you'll have to ask more often what is the question exactly i lost you on that thread is it is it worth bringing some new technology into your life when you look at the overall impact it's going to have on what you do every day how how it feels to live your life what you're what you're spending your time doing yeah uh, which I don't know, like I guess what it comes down to is i feel like there is some there is some peace and some like i don't know some like meditative quality to some kind of labor that uh if you give up the like if we try and remove all repetition all like repeated behavior from our lives because it can be automated why wouldn't it be automated i think what you end up doing is your your life ends up being maintaining and caring for and making sure all of these technologies are in working order such that nothing falls apart uh so instead of having a life where you have some quiet moments of reflective labor where you get to do something repeated that doesn't require your entire brain and you just kind of do it uh, your life becomes kind of like a constant anxiety about whether or not a technology is going to fail you. And then you will be helpless because you are not prepared to live in a world without that technology.
1: I feel like I've felt this very recently with the, like, just over a period of time, just the number of software products that we end up using yeah. for running our business. Yeah, And you're just, like, going through the list of things. You're like, who has the password? Where is that being billed to? Who's who's that account name under? Where does this, uh, why do we even use this one? Like, if we cancel this thing, what effects does this have on everybody else? Yeah, Um, exactly. And I think we've said, uh, we've started saying, like, if we're going to sign up for something, we're going to have to cancel two subscriptions or something. Um, Because it's just, uh, it becomes just like, well, you've probably signed up for it originally because it's going to help you do something. It's going to help you take notes a little bit better. Like, I don't know, just uh, take it in your notes app. Take it in your notebook. Like, and then you don't have to pay $9.99 a month for one more thing that you forgot the password to and you forgot who registered it. And uh, (laughs) you have no idea. I don't know. I I make a joke about this with some of my partners that, uh, you know, I'm going to create a new technology called throw it in the ocean. What you do is you write a note, you put it in a bottle and you throw it into the ocean because that is the same thing as signing up for one more That's the more same thing as putting it in the for a fifth thing that no one knows about. In the
0: fifth project management software, <laughs> in that one column with the different category, like you are just yeah. throwing into the ocean. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. That, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I guess, like, as I'm talking it out, what it really comes down to is just that I don't think the recipe for like a happy life is going to be the removal of as much like repetitive behavior as possible and that's of course the things that are easy to automate right like as, as soon as you say like well well gosh we run payroll every two weeks and every time we do we have to like manually write checks to every single person we pay and manually sign them and sort of mail them out right that's a good example of like i want a service for that because i don't want to have to remember to do all those things and to have the possibility of screwing up and there's enough time saved there that that math is worth it Uh, Mm -hmm. but eventually when you get down to a certain point you know you're having some service to automate some other service to automate this other thing and it's like actually i personally might just be happier just doing that work instead of having to worry about the service that is doing that work for me uh which i i think that's a i think that's a like a perspective on this that people don't often think about is the like the cost of the maintenance of the thing not to mention like so i've been having phone problems and the phone problems i've been having is my phone refuses to be a phone. It's like, oh, did you want to connect to cellular towers? I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so I've called my, my carrier, and I've talked to them about this problem, and they've told me to troubleshoot it in all the billion ways I've already troubleshooted it and then they sent me a new SIM card and the new SIM card didn't solve the problem so they were like alright let's have you buy a new phone and I was like no no I'm done talking to you if that's where you're at and then I called the manufacturer of the phone and I was talking to them and they were like have you tried all these billion things that you already did twice because you already did them and then your carrier told you to do them and now I'm telling you to do them and I'm like yes have already done all those things and then they also were like well try this other thing it's going to take four hours and then if it doesn't work then then give us a call back and that's where i'm currently at i did the thing it took four hours still didn't fix my problem got to call them back tomorrow and it's like a phone is extremely valuable to me right like i am willing to go to this length because it transforms my life in a way that is like it's you can't compare it to anything else really like it it is it is kind of the like it's essential for me it connects me to the world in a way that i just can't imagine being without Uh, which you know, some old fogies out there will say, like, that's the problem with kids these days. They need their phone
1: all the time for the memes. Where's but, Andy? Where'd Andy go?
0: Yeah, he's gone. Uh, So, like, this is a thing I'm willing to do, but, like, this is not, like, this cost is so significant. Like, right now, the anxiety I have by the fact that my phone doesn't work, so I can get messages and some phone calls if I'm connected to Wi-Fi, otherwise I can't do anything. Like, that anxiety is real, and my life is built around the assumption that, my phone will work whenever I need it to work because it it transformed my life so substantially that it was a thing that just I had like my life sort of changed
1: around it. Uh, (laughs) You're like, uh, my phone doesn't work. I don't know my fiance's phone number and I don't know where I live. I, I mean, <laughs>
0: I definitely don't know my fiance's <laughs> phone number, for sure. But a better example is today I went to sign in to a service I use, a very important service, and it was like, we texted you a two-factor authentication number. And I was like, great, can't get that. Don't have text messages. So never going to get that two-factor off.
1: I don't know where I live. I don't know my fiance's phone number, and I don't have a bank account. I have no money. My I only have the clothes that are on my back. Everything else is in my phone.
0: I mean, it, it's not untrue, right? And... I like the life that I live that is afforded by that technology. I would not trade it for the freedom of not having to worry about it. But I think people don't I think people underestimate that cost. Underestimate the cost of like, what happens if your phone stops working? What are you gonna do? And for me, it's like right now I'm at a place where it's like, do I pay a thousand dollars for another phone because this problem is seemingly unfixable? Do I spend two more hours of my day to go to the genius bar and hope that they can somehow magically fix it and it won't cost a thousand dollars or am i going to go to the genius bar and they're just going to tell me now you have to give us a thousand dollars for a new phone like it's just and also like a whole other podcast episode could be about cellular service providers and how i'm like in this contract and i want to switch services because i'm still on my family plan with the rest of my family which is annoying to pay the bill every month and it's just this whole other thing but
1: it's just like that is everything now right like and you know the other thing it reminds me of is uh that video, what was it, a TED Talk some or something, you know, Nobody Knows How to Make a Mouse, that yeah, thing? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great little, I, I'm,
0: I'm a person that will be, first to be critical of, like, the bite-sized knowledge that is supposedly contained in TED Talks, but that was, like, a 12-minute one that I do really like.
1: Just the idea that, like, I always think about this with the phone where you're like, who do I talk to? Oh, I talk to that person. Oh, they know about this little piece of that thing? Okay, so I talk, so I talk to the service provider about this thing. I talk to the manufacturer about this thing. Oh, I talk to the people who made the app that makes the thing go on over here. Okay, and the, oh, I talk to the, the loan agent that charges you $30 a month to just have a phone. That's how you have to have a phone now. Okay, cool. That's great. Wait, does anyone know how a phone works? Is there any one person in the whole world that knows how this phone works? No, No? there is,
0: there is not. Okay. Is the thing. So yeah, it's just like as I'm having this problem with like one of the technologies that I'm not willing to give up, uh, it makes you think about all the technologies that are really opt in and not actually having such a transformative effect on my life where it's like, what happens if my thermostat just stopped working tomorrow? Like, what would I do? The answer is plug in my old thermostat because it's still sitting in the basement somewhere. But, uh, but I don't know. It's just like, I feel like that's what you have to weigh technology against. And, uh, there's this like perception to kind of bring it back to my very muddy detailed example about like software development there's this perception that like oh if you're not doing it the latest and greatest and most efficient way with the most tooling then you are like behind right like you are not adopting the latest and greatest and best technology and therefore you are doing it the wrong way because this new way we all agree is better because if you spend an additional five minutes five minutes up front setting up this one additional tool then it makes this thing easier Uh, And to be clear, there's a lot of these that I would want, right? Like there are things that just make browser compatibility a million times easier because you don't have to think about which things are prefixed for different browsers. And like, yeah, that's not a thing I ever want to have to think about. But we're at the point now where we start like a new project that I perceive to be like a relatively simple project. And the list of dependencies is 200 things long, like, Mm -hmm. you know, or 75 things long right at the gate. And there's 75 things that we don't know, we don't have control over that we are depending on in order for this thing to work, which means that our life is 40% making sure that all that sort of string of dependencies works the way it's supposed to work, right? The way that my life right now is making sure that all of the strings of dependencies that cause my phone to be able to call anybody else on the whole planet and summon up any piece of knowledge from the entire internet, which is an amazing thing that is contingent upon all sorts of complicated technology. But my life right now is managing that tree to try and figure out why this thing is not working because that's, what, that's where I'm at. Uh, and that's the trade-off that we have for adopting... Adopting technology is you, your life becomes the management of that technology, and I don't think that's—I don't know—I th- I think that that's a very important cost that's worth considering.
1: Well, I think you should sign up for Basecamp and keep track of this stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, actually, I prefer Trello or GitHub Issues or Pivotal Tracker or you know one of the other things we've tried over the years.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. You should sign up for Basecamp and just do that as well. Do if you, you use ba- do you use Basecamp? Is that your main thing at work? No, it's just this is just a thing that happened where we signed up for Basecamp because we were using Trello and we were using GitHub Issues and we were using Pivotal Tracker and we were using every other thing. Mm, have you ever and used I Jira need,
0: or Confluence? Ooh, I have, those are I've bad used, ones.
1: I've used Jira. I haven't used Confluence. I don't. I do know what that is, but I haven't used it. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I bet you have used every single one uh, besides the one you just named. Uh, no, but anyway, we, we signed up for one more thing to, as like a way to consolidate, and then it was just like that was there's no, I don't know. That was like the, uh, the peak of it of like, I can't believe we just signed up for one more thing to solve our problem of having too many things. Yeah. We We should make, we uh, should make a big Trello
0: list of all the things that we're signed up for. Just so we remember, you know, exactly what they're for and how they work and all that kind of stuff. I
1: think we should develop the ocean. I think the ocean is a great project management tool. We both have the ability to design a project management tool and develop a project management tool. So I don't know why we don't just develop the ocean, which is just a notepad. Uh, a bottle and a trip to the ocean now i imagine the advertisement for this is that
0: like the ocean is of course an app you can download because otherwise how are we going to charge people for this right and yeah, it's just an sure. app where you write something down and you press a button and it disappears and it's gone forever and you feel good about yourself i'm yeah. imagining of course the ad is that somebody's standing on the beach and they type something into their phone and they turn around and hurl their phone into the ocean classic like dry comedy lonely sandwich style right
1: yeah that sounds great i like that idea and there's a ukulele in the background and then there's some tagline about how the thing you were going to do wasn't that important anyway. Yeah. Okay. Life's too short. Life's too short. The ocean. Who cares? Who cares?
0: Wait, wait. The ocean doesn't care. The ocean doesn't care has to be the tagline.
1: The ocean doesn't care because the ocean can't
0: care. Oh, That's, there we go. Uh, can't yeah. or won't?
1: Can't. In cape, it's not a uh, It's not a person. It can't care. Not sentient. Can't care. No. I don't think it is. Should we work on an AI product that is? Uh, that could also be... Essentially, be and also the ocean. The machine learning thing. The machine learning thing
0: is a really interesting part of this too, uh, which we probably shouldn't get into now because we could talk for long about for a while about machine learning. But maybe in a future episode,
1: that's a teaser, yeah. folks. Let's talk about forks and and wheels and t-shirts and stuff, that kind of technology stuff. We can wrap our head around. I know how to make a t-shirt. I think I don't know how to make a mouse. Do Do you think that I'm? Do you think I'm on? I'm wrong about this because I
0: think I might. No, I mean, no, I don't think you're
1: wrong at all. I think it's. I feel like I've had to have this point of view uh, more recently because it's, I can't, uh, it's very easy to just be the old man and be upset about new things. Right. That's like becomes increasingly easier as time goes on. Uh, but I also know that that's not, that's not a reality I can deal in. That's, uh, it feels too stupid. Um, but I also can't just embrace everything cause I, it annoys me. <laughs> so I have to find a balance in between. Uh, it would be, it just seems really easy to kind of pick one and not think about it. But, um, I can't. I can't do my job and also live in the world and and not uh and not find a balance in between. Got to new. Got to learn some stuff. But yeah.
0: Well, I had this moment where I forget what I was. I was watching something and I started thinking about how like every like monastic. Group of people, right? Everything that's like dedicated to—we're gonna put a bunch of people in a place, and they like their goal is to like find inner peace and enlightenment, and like be of a good, be a, be a good like steward of the world. Like whether it's yeah. Catholic monasteries or Buddhist monasteries, like they are all just sort of founded around this idea of like you should do a bunch of labor. Like like your job is gonna be to take care of this place, right? And that means you're gonna do these repetitive tasks regularly on a regular basis. And I mean, I'm I've got a long I got a laundry list of criticisms about any kind of monks or monasteries but there's something to be said for the fact that that is like a cross cultural like consistent thing that if you are trying to like find some sort of like happiness like profound happiness that you should actually kind of look to repetitive labor instead of you know like like insane uh harebrained maintenance of a like long contingency list of complicated technologies that make your life better question mark so you're
1: proposing our app is called Do the Dishes instead.
0: I like doing the dishes, and I think many people out there would benefit from finding the simple pleasure in doing the dishes and having that time to yourself to listen to a podcast or a book on tape or an album you like and like set that time aside for a little bit of unwinding. That's, that's, well, my, that's my monastery.
1: After we, do, after we develop the ocean, we'll develop Do the Dishes, and it'll just be an app that says Do the Dishes. It'll be uh, it'll be a nice reminder. It'll have notification sounds too. It'll just be like bloop bloop, hey Andy, do the dishes.
0: I don't know about notification sounds.
1: Yeah, of course. Has. Wait, how you remember to do the dishes? <laughs> we mean, it doesn't have notification sounds. Hey, we made it. It needs to remind people that it exists because the most important app. If we did, if it wasn't the most important app, why are we making it, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I mean, when we're thinking about the app, it does seem like it's the most important thing. We're spending all our time on it. We wouldn't spend our time on something that wasn't really important, obviously. That would be pretty stupid. Therefore, ipso facto. We just talked
1: about this whole thing, and we arrived at this point, and now we're not going to spend our time on the most important thing, being a monk, doing the dishes. We could brew some beer. That's a thing that happens. Trappist beer? Yeah, sure. I guess. Is that the key to happiness? Maybe. Mm. There's probably some downsides to Trappist beer, though.
0: I just really hope my future is not a future of constantly figuring out why some technology in the stack of technologies that manages something is not working whether that's my work or my home life or whatever that's that's a future i want to avoid
1: i think uh i think i agree
0: hey so technology undeniably bad you heard it here first matt agrees stop doing it stop
1: doing new stuff technology undeniably will break soon enough yeah undeniably will turn to dust like all things Uh, on this episode, we learned that undeniably you will die. You're definitely gonna die. Unless, unless Matt, have you considered singularity? Oh, remember we we're gonna do we we're gonna develop an AI app and some deep learning. We we're gonna do both those things, and then eventually we'll get a little Haley Joel Osment guy. We're gonna guy. deep learn how to be immortal. We're gonna deep learn an AI, make a Trappist beard, turn into a little Haley Joel Osment robot, and uh, you know run around in a- Wait,
0: what's this Haley Joel Osment reference? I'm not getting that.
1: Oh, he was the kid in the movie AI. We're talking about uh, I AI. never saw the movie AI. No, oh, he ran he, he ran around in a junkyard or something. I don't remember. It was supposed to be a K- Stanley Kubrick movie and then Stanley Kubrick died and somebody made a bad job. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you ever you ever heard of such a thing? Somebody made a bad job. Stop it. You know, like uh, You did a yeah.
0: bad. Hey you, you did a bad.
1: You ever heard Pop a down. Tupac album recently? Mm, you know?
0: No, actually, I avoid them.
1: Yeah, you don't want you don't want to. It's not going to be it's not going to be great. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you know, but we can we can keep Tupac alive because of technology.
0: Yay! He's a he's a he's a he's a big of projection now. He's a hologram.
1: Yeah, you know, like Prince at the Super Bowl. He's a hologram. A hologram. He never wanted. He would have wanted this for sure. Yeah. Surely no one ever s- asked him if he would have wanted this. <laughs> he definitely didn't specifically state otherwise somewhere. That's I mean, it would be happen. it would be
0: so wild to specifically state otherwise. I mean, how could <laughs> you have possibly foreseen that
1: future? <clears throat> we have no technology to look this up, so. Might as well make him a hologram then.
0: Can't be done.